What were we saying? <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I introduce myself. Yep. And Just I say, welcome to the best hour of the day podcast. This is, yep. this this is, is it. going in the show. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is actually going we in the show. We do one take. We do one take. I'm a professional podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I got She it. actually so. is. Yep. Hi, my name is Mark England. I'm one of the co-founders and head coach of Enlifted. And we're here in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, and we are about, we just wrapped a killer podcast on how to get your language working for you, how to implement it into your coaching, how to implement it uh, uh, and in, in get it into the, the, the culture of your gym. Um, these guys are dynamic, dynamite uh, instruments of uh, creativity and, and, and great questions, and they let us roll. And we went on rants and tangents extraordinaire about how important words are and how overlooked they are. Words are important. I am Jason Ackerman, and I am tall. If you guys want to stick around. You forgot your breath. Yeah, you forgot your breath. <laughs> That's but why it didn't work. They're funny, around. too. I love the banter. <laughs> stick the around. You guys are best. not going to win this. This is packed. This is like almost two hours long. Um, and you're going to, the, these words are so powerful that by the end of this podcast, Jay was convinced that he was handsome. So stick around. Welcome to the best hour of their day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Welcome back to the best hour of their day. We've got some special guests here. We've got Kim Kesting, Mark England from Enlifted, and we're going to talk all about Big Lebowski? Yeah, that too. Yeah. And Element. Yeah. <laughs> element T. Element Element. Like, before we kick off, for we the should, listeners, for the this. viewers, those of you that support Rob Wolf, and I don't even want to say the name of the company because that's the debate. How do you say the name of that company? We've got some- Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. How you say it. If you say it just by saying the letters- um, and you're right. Put the letters in there. If you say it by saying um, the sounding of it, uh, write it out there, but- Katie Springstein, she's on the same bandwagon as uh, Kim over here. Yep. And it's unfortunate that we have to fire Katie because she's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you, how many times have you fired uh, Kim? He would never fire me. Never in a million. Years. <laughs> very different. Very different yeah. business structure. That we yeah. Have. Very different. Like, yeah, we we do what she tells us to. Real. We, fire, we fire Katie every day, and yeah. then we're like, "Please come back. We can't run the company without you." We realized our mistake. <laughs> Katie, uh, you hold we the power. We were wrong. We were so wrong. Listen, yeah. is she the only woman on the team? Yeah. All right, Katie, we're, you hold the power. We're trying to yeah, keep yeah. it that way. We're yeah. trying to keep power. it that way. We um. You'll get outnumbered, and you'll all be gone. We've yeah. d- we've debated if we can <laughs> handle crafting a plan. Another female. Crafting a plan for a while. She's like, "I'm recording this." No, but we're we're CrossFit, right? Because we've got a great workshop happening tomorrow. tomorrow. I'm super excited about it. Fern and you know our you know our CEO Marcus Gersey for a long time. You met him on Barbell Shrugged. You said that had a tremendous impact Very on on the business, and uh, he's been bragging about you for what seems like years. Is it true? Since yeah. day one. Well, that's I mean, and I kind of want to get into a little bit of your backstory for both of you, but that's originally where I kind of found you and kind of dabbled in your vocabulary from way back in the day. Super so, cool. yeah. the uh, if you guys want to go back and look at that episode, it's on Barbell Strike and Barbell Business, right, Marcus? Yeah. So both. So you can check them out both there. But um, we should do best hour business. Should make it up, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's for later. Um, but yeah, give us a little backstory on you know both of you guys, like, and just what is Enlifted before we kind of start diving into some of the topics today. Got it. Enlifted is well, it's a coaching certification. Uh, it is a community. 
It is a, a path and a practice. So we're known as the language people. We might as well be known as the language and the breathing people. And gun to head, it's about the breath. So after, and this goes straight into why I reached out to in 2016, October of 2016 specifically, I reached out to five uh, people in the CrossFit space, three box owners and two competitors, and asked them who ha- who, who's got the best podcast in CrossFit, which is a, a bold uh, ask because I wanted to go on the show. Because for the 10 years prior to that, I had been working in and out of yoga communities, uh, combining language and story work, so helping people get their stories written down on paper, specific memories written down on paper, making adjustments to the words, the rate of speech, the playing the, playing the musical notes, and watching their breath unlock, and then get on the yoga mat and have a very different experience. Um, and after 10 years of being able to very easily demonstrate that, because uh, uh, on a side note, most people's language is working against them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we do, there's a variety of ways we describe what we do. One of the things is to help people get their language working for them. This is an education issue. So I was like, okay, well, if yogis like breathing better, and I'd done uh, uh, an on-ramp at Paradiso CrossFit oh, yeah. uh, that oh, summer. Yeah, that Old Paradiso, school. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we did Barbell Shrug. Got it. Um, I was like, these people are cool, man. They're, uh, uh, they're pack animals, and they're uh, very passionate about what they do, and they're doing all these kinds of crazy exercises. I was a wrestler and MMA guy back in the day. All this crazy fitness stuff I'd never seen before, so they're adventurous. They have goals. They have work ethics. I want to see what would happen if we put this tool. And Lifted is also, it's, it's a tool. It's a tool to help, help you tell a better story to yourself, about yourself. That's our, that's our definition of mindset. Which gets we're gonna, we'll talk about that as much as y'all want to today. Mm-hmm. What is mindset? It's the story we tell ourselves to ourselves every day, and um, I want to see what happens when we get this in front of this community. Mm-hmm. Lucky me, one of the guys, one of the competitors, shout out to Matt Walrith, came back and said um, he was uh, a big, strong dude, right? I, I know it, Matt. I remember was, that name from back in the day. He looked like Tarzan. Yeah. I met him at Paradiso CrossFit. Right. That summer, and he came back and said, uh, "He said they said barbell shrugged, and then he said, oh, by the way, Mike Bledsoe is aware of your work. Uh, would you like an introduction?' I said, "Damn right, I'd like an introduction." Two emails back and forth. Um, we're on the calendar. I flew from Thailand to go do that show. Um, we did it in Los Angeles, January twenty-seven, January seventeenth. January 20th, 2017, thank you. And when that show dropped, we got introduced to uh, the fitness industry through one of the best, if not the best at the time, mouthpieces. And <laughs> everything changed. We sold uh, a lot of our, um, uh, the first course that we ever made, and we, we got clients. And at the time, we, we, we knew we were sitting on gold. We just didn't have a way to get in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, it changed everything. And it's, every, it's, we've been, half of our coaches are in the fitness industry. Yeah. Probably more than half. Yeah. I would say like 60, 70%. 60, 70%. Or at least adjacent, adjacent yeah. to the fitness Let's industry. Say like anytime you're combining mindset and, and breath work, what wouldn't be the fitness industry, right? Isn't like everyone's somewhat like, like you said, maybe adjacent, but like. 
you're kind of accidentally involved in the fitness industry, right? Yeah. Or yeah, many of them sure. have gotten their start in the fitness industry, which is, you know, how my story comes into play here is I first found Mark through Mike Bledsoe and Barbell Shrugged. And I wanted to become a coach. I was doing CrossFit. I was living in New York city, like burnt out as fuck. <laughs> and you know, I was like in a box every day and that was the best hour of my day, quite literally. So I what wanted box to, you going to, thanks for the um, plug. yeah, literally, <laughs> um, Reebok CrossFit fifth Ave. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the center of Manhattan. Yep. So I would go work out first thing in the morning and then go off to my corporate job. And the first thing I would do would be pull up barbell shrugged. And every week I'm like, how do I get better at doing this barbell movement? How do I get better at my nutrition? How do I learn anything that I had experienced in class that day? And I wanted to get good. And then it was, okay, now I want to become a coach. And I was intimidated as anything to be a CrossFit coach. I felt like, again, identity was out of check. And I saw a need for nutrition coaching in my community. So I was like, all right, that's my way in. I quit the corporate job, hire Mike as my first mentor, go through the strong coach and start just like hitting the ground running because he's played a path for what mm -hmm. I could do. And what the way in lifted came in to the circle was I realized I was like, you know, I'm having these conversations with people. I'm seeing it in my friends in class and they are in here beating themselves up for something that they're chasing that no matter what their performance gets to is still unresolved in their head and their heart. So what's the deal? Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm talking to them about food so I can start talking to them about other things that about why you're coming into the gym and what can we get out of this and how can we make this more successful for you? And that's when I started getting Mark via Mike and realizing, oh, wow, okay, we can talk mindset in a whole different way where people can get really grounded and practical and we can start to really shift that story in the head. And then here we are. Here we yeah. are. I, I, <laughs> now you're on the current best podcast. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah facts. And I, and I want to dive into that, but I think it's important to like a little bit of your backstory yeah. specifically. Um, so if you... Mark has a TED talk out there, so you should go watch it. But I think that's obviously that sounds like this the genesis of this whole thing. Yeah, it is a, a, a train wreck overseas. So uh, I wrestled in high school, got into MMA in college and Thai boxing, and I had a, a handful of amateur fights um, and loved it. Uh, flew, went over to Thailand, and I'd only had my passport for a couple of years. So this is a really big move for me. I'm, uh, I moved over there for a year. That was the plan. Stayed over there for 10 which still sounds weird to say, and uh, because I got shipwrecked over there. I marooned myself <laughs> in a country uh, far, far away. Thank God I went. Um, so six months into that first year, I'm having my second knee surgery. And um, you can go ahead and hear the little violins playing in the background. And for me, that was... Uh, was this serious? What was it called? I watched the uh, TED Talk recently. It was a Pretty significant knee injury. It was a, it was a like your career I felt was like done. I had a, a a pile of gravel in my knee, and I remember. So talk about the power of words. I remember very clearly how what what the doctor said to me. He said, "Mark, your career as a fighter is over. You could become a very good swimmer." And this is what made it worse. He goes, "You know, now that I think about it, I do have one patient with a knee like yours." And he's, he's about 55, and he can still walk. And, I mean, just like, that's ex the exact delivery. So I'm now picturing me so doing like, laps next to grandma. you should be my life coach right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm going to hire you right now. Thanks for, I put a spell on you. We're going to talk about the definition of a spell. And um, 
so I took that. This is this was a like I'm saying twice. This is a major move for me. It was a bold move, and I go over and I just fuck the whole thing up. And so I used that scenario as the final piece of evidence in a case that I was making against myself secretly. Part of the reason why I was fighting is to prove to myself that I was good enough and I wasn't scared because uh, I was afraid I wasn't good enough and I was scared about some things. So now I've got the, the smoking gun that there's, you're not good enough, bro. There's the proof. Uh, um, uh, there's something wrong with you and you were doomed to fail. Okay, these were the, it's, a t- it's called a telephobia. It's the fear of not being good enough and it's got a name. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff that people are, you've heard the words exercising their demons coming in and they're, they're like, I'm, I'm about to, I got to blow some of the steam off so I don't blow up. That's coming from a story that is, has victim centric, a victim centric nature fits the model of the victim mentality, which is absolutely driven by words and is trapping their breath in their chest. So most people, their breath is trapped in their chest Okay, because of this ongoing trash-talking, shit-talking story that they're essentially defenseless against because we don't learn in school how to get our language working for us. So we stay focused on what's important and keep the drama level down and unlock our breath so we're breathing low and slow diaphragmatically most of the time, um, which is where people tend to thrive in their life. I mean, does anyone uh, uh, recommend chronic chest breathing and upregulation 99% of the day for decades on end for health and longevity and enjoying being yourself. I, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I feel like that's what we've been doing wrong. I've been doing that since day one. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm doing guys. it right now. We're gonna, so tomorrow, I'm doing it right now. This is, this tomorrow, is, we got you And I did that. Yeah, so I, did, I did that for a year. <laughs> I think this is, I think this I is good. I, I want to, and I don't want to interrupt, but I do want to, because I know people are listening to this and they're like, this sounds like hocus pocus. Like, because... I know because when I first heard it, I was like, this sounds like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Is this guy shaman? Like what's happening? And I've done almost only a limited amount of work here and it is really powerful shit. Like really, really powerful stuff. And it seems like hocus pocus because you're just so unaware of it. Like you're so, you're so ignorant, it almost boggles the mind. Alan Watts, one of my favorite quotes. Yep. He said, when you learn to think about your thinking, you become alive in a new way. Now, most people are not thinking about their thinking. They're just thinking. Uh, and uh, that's what I did in Thailand. When that went, so knee falls off, uh, for an entire year, I didn't laugh or smile. I do, I do not recommend that. It's a very strange thing to do. And, and so after a year of hating life and accurately Thank God I was able to say to myself, dude, if you keep doing this, like, what, 55 years old, complaining about this, you really will be the loser that you're afraid that you are right now. So I said, I'll take anything but that. And uh, so I come from a teaching background. I've got a degree in education. I was an elementary school sports teacher. So take what I say with a grain of salt, because you're looking at an amateur MMA fighter and a former elementary school sports teacher that used to sling Frisbees with little kids. So that's Dr. Simple over here. So Dr. Simple goes down to uh, uh, a place called The Spa on Koh Samui. So I was living in Bangkok, and my, my vice principal came back, and he said, Hey, I just went down there and did this three-day cleanse, and it was, the scene's really cool, and I feel better, and I think you should go do it. And so I looked it up, uh, went. Did, great gig, paid not eat for seven days. Here's a coconut for $700 in a hut, um, and people come back. 
and I did. Here's, the th- here's, here's where we get practical about the conversation, which I mentioned previously before mm-hmm. we started recording. I went to uh, one evening, that third trip down there, I went to an emotional detoxification seminar, which me, hard, tough guy, think uh, I laugh at that. I go, though. And I watch um, the, the gentleman, Barry Musgrave, who would turn into my first mentor in this work. He talked about, he talked about identity, talked about stories, talked about words, talked about the breath. And then he asked, is there anyone out there who's struggling with a story? And act, a lot of people put their hand up. But he picked this one girl. It was, she was struggling with a very bad, it was, it was a very public, embarrassing breakup. And he had her tell the story three times. First time through, had her tell it, didn't just let her have the no adjustments, nothing. She's angry, tears. This is this, when this happened, this one moment in time, and I because I've fallen in love twice on site. First time when I got choked in jujitsu. This is the third time right now. Is this happening? <laughs> Hell Tell yeah. you what, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say. I, I was feeling something. You keep locking I was eyes feeling it. awkwardly. I didn't like, know. Like, there's a moment happening right here. It was. Was it awkward for you as well? Because I was like, okay, this it's is just, weird. It's, it's, I, I, I bring the high vibe. And the first time was when I got choked in jujitsu, which yep. sounds weird. And then the second time was um, when I saw a woman's entire story get turned on its head for the best with the changing of one word. And it was this woman's story. And so he had her tell the story the second time through, and he made some adjustments in the pace, very important, and then the languaging. And then the third time through, he isolated the one sentence that held the whole thing together, like a linchpin. And it was, he did that to me. And I recommend that you think that this is hocus pocus and and pick up a pen and write down some of these sentences oh, I did that, it. that we're going to, to do today. I was crying. Bro. Like, it was... <laughs> This is not a joke. I, I did it, and I was, like, crying. And at the end, it, like, it like pulled out a single word. And he's like, just changed it. And I, I was like. And then how did you feel? Is this I Chopper was, Dave Robinson? Yeah. yeah. Dude. Yeah. We crushed it. it. We went through the whole thing. And I, was, I was like, I didn't even know why I was crying. I was just crying. It was crazy. And then went through it because so in the so I don't mind telling my story like go for it working through it and, and the and he started pulling out the little words and telling the story and then he pulled out and the and the the linchpin for mine was it, it's hard and then he just asked me a question and he's like what if it was easy and I was like fuck <laughs> like that was it but that's but walking through that whole process and unpacking that and then understanding that I had been in the background, just confined by that definition because I was an athlete, I'd grown up, so you pull that out and you're like, you go to the military, that's hard and you pursue some other things that are hard and then you just make everything hard just because that's just what you do. That's who I am. I'm, I'm wrapped in that identity but, it, and, but there's a difference between making things hard and being able to work hard and when he just asked me that question, I, I, it's literally still written on my uh, mirror in my bathroom. Like, what if it was easy? And that's, I look at things through that lens now because the question I ask myself now is, well, I know how to work hard. That's cool. What if I could make it easy and work hard? What if I could work hard on something that's easy? Like how much more would the output be? It would be exponential. And that was, that was only like tip of the iceberg. So this shit is real. When you were working hard, what was your energy like? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Like, like, did you find yourself 
meeting a lot of resistance? Did you have a hard time developing your staff? Did you like feel like every membership you sold was like, Oh, Fuck. so we're talking about the gym. Or, okay, well, anything, I mean, I'm, yeah, I guess, any, it, any I guess that question would, be, would depend on like what phase I was doing, whether it was like military or, or yeah. college athletics or like business ownership or, or coaching for that matter. But yeah, it, it was always, it, it always felt like resistance and it always felt like the answer was just work harder. Like just, just push through regardless of how much friction that you're, that you're receiving from whatever the, the, the current target would be. Yeah. And then when once flipped it, what if it was easy? What did the energy feel like? Oh, I was like walking around on the clouds. <laughs> it was, I didn't look at things. Through. I was like, yeah. well, I, I, this is a pro, this is a current problem that I'm looking at. It doesn't have to be hard. I, it might just be hard because I'm, I'm just doing it head on. What if I could just flank the problem? and solve it that way. Like, I don't have to be head on. Like, you know, like I have this conversation with athletes or excuse me, coaches all the time. If they like in a level two setting where like you're, you put a, you put somebody under stress cause you're watching them coach that like in the level twos, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique scenario. So we would bring you in and you would coach these athletes and I would just kind of hang out and make you feel real uncomfortable and, and, and break down what you're doing. And a lot of times you'll see them go head on at a problem for somebody who's clearly resistant to the coaching. So then you just redirect them. I'm like, well, don't approach it there. Like subtly address it a different way so that you can get the outcome that you wanted. You don't have to make this a conflict. You can kind of Jedi mind trick this person to do what you want to do, but you just have to change the framework with which you approach the problem and say, okay, I'm, I'm reading what, what's being given off here. They're clearly not digging what I'm saying. I'm going to do it, but I'm just not going to do it this way. I'm going to move around and, and both both verbally and physically when you, when you're in that coaching mm -hmm. scenario to approach it from a different scenario. Um, and it's the same thing. And just looking at problems that way, I don't have to attack the problem head on. It might, that might be the best option, but in a lot of times it's not the, the, uh, how many times have I heard someone say, I've never thought about it like that before. And you know what my canned response is? That's because you've never been able to think about it that way before. Because your language was forcing you to see things in a certain way. Back to that woman with the bad breakup. Um, her, the one sentence that was holding it all together was, he did that to me. Look at the words, folks. If you got a pen, write it down. He did that to me. And uh, the, the guy that was facilitating, he, he had a you had to say it three times. So everybody's staring at the same configuration of words. Y'all know what the definition of a spell is? Webster's, not mine. The, the current definition of a spell, Webster's, a word or a combination of words of great influence. And that combination of words was greatly influencing this woman. She hadn't been in a relationship four years because she was still taking it personally, still stressing out in that upregulated breath still trapped in the chest amongst a variety of other things. And then he had, uh, he did that to me. He said, take out that me at the end and put in himself. And you just, you, you essentially saw springs and steam coming out of this woman's head. And, and it was such a radical departure from that story that she had repped so many times. He, and, and you heard it because it, 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 it was clunky and it went up at the end with up talk, which means it's a question. He, he, he did that to himself, and then you see it catch, and she, the breath comes off. Now there's more space and clarity. We'll get to that, too. And then you see her talk herself into it and go in a very different direction with the story. He did. 
He did do that to himself. And then she started giving examples because now she was able to see other pieces of evidence. Hello, reticular activating system. He lost friends. This happened. And then the final cherry on the icing on the cake was, you know, that guy was actually pretty weird. It was never going to work out anyway. And you just, she, she was, walked herself right out of this thing and dropped a whole bunch of metaphysical, emotional weight and now had a story where she could go out and she was available for other relationships because it's not, it's not personal anymore. There's a language pattern to the victim mentality. Is this a good place for me to recite the definition of the victim mentality for the 19,000th time? Do it. And I'm just getting started. The definition of the victim mentality, <laughs> true story. I, 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 I dreamed about the victim mentality three nights ago, reciting it and teach it anyway. <laughs> the, the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I took a little bit out of the middle. That's the verbatim definition of victim mentality. You all are now in a very exclusive club. Most people have never heard the definition of the victim mentality. I I, I recommend rewinding and writing that down because if you write the definition down, now you're in a, a very, very exclusive. Well, let me pause for a sec. If you're, if you're listening if you're to this on Spotify, <laughs> pause this, go to our YouTube channel, yeah. and cool. then listen to it and subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're at it. But victim mentality. Victim mentality. That second sentence is very important. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. And so if there's, a, th- if there's a, a, a thought pattern, thought process, also known as sentences that are built of words, certain words, if there's a bunch of words that the victim mentality has to have in order to script uh, the worst case scenarios, um, vil- victims and villains, create the anxiety, the indecision, because this stuff is coming from somewhere, folks. It's not just happening out of nowhere. If there's, wh- Then what are the words? What are the words? And that's what we've been doing for years now. I've been doing this one thing f- somewhere between full-time and overtime the whole time for the past 15 years. And the, the, the th- it, it fascinates me. It's, uh, like you said earlier, you wake up, you got gas, like, so let's, let's go do this thing, whatever the thing is. That's, that's, I wake up that way in the morning, for this work, I love it. it it's like I know it's cliche to say. It, it changed my life. It saved my life. I meet such cool people through it, and 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 it makes here's the here's one of the kickers. It makes mindset practical. The 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 key word with practical is practice. Mindset is this thing. It's very important, and it's this conversations that's that's held almost exclusively in this macro, big picture way. It's this thing I know I need to get better at, and there's that confident person looking over there. That looks fun. I'm over here. Whoops, would have been nice. When you add in what words to use less of and why, and we'll go in, we're, we'll get into the specifics of that because mm-hmm. I'm a teacher and this is class, and I want your audience to walk away with practical things. They can, they can change the text they can take that soft talk keyword out of there. They take out a guess and a maybe, and now they feel way more stronger and more confident, and they like how that feels. Oh, and by the way, they got a much better response from the person they were interacting with. Huh, maybe there is something to this stuff. Take out that maybe too. And uh, when people have a way to 
change their words. And when I say language, when we say language, we're, we're talking about internal dialogue and external dialogue, what we're thinking, what we're saying, and what we're writing. And when you can, you can learn to use different words, then you have a choice. Then you've got options. If you've, because most people don't even have, don't, most people don't even have a draft to hand in. They don't think about their thinking. They don't write anything down. They don't know what words are going to train wreck them again, even though they're tired of feeling that way. And they just go with the first thing that shows up in their head because it's my voice in my own head. I mean, yeah, let's go with it. What could possibly go wrong? Quite a lot. And what could possibly go right? Quite a lot. When you get your words working for you. I'm a professional rant and tangent goer honor. So you're going to fit in well here, Mark. Yeah, good. (laughs) So wait, I'm going to say a couple of things. So one, while you're talking... It seems like you're thinking about what you're saying. Yes. And I think a lot of it, you've, just like us talking about CrossFit, like we can recite stuff, it just yeah. flows off, but you're definitely thinking about what you're saying, which is probably a big step and something we coach with coaches is, you know, starting at the beginning of class with the whiteboard brief, hey, think about what you're saying. Yeah. One of the things we recommend, slow down, because you don't sound like you're talking slowly, but as two people that speak a lot, we can tell you're talking slowly. Or at least not just letting everything come out of your head at full speed. Correct. It's because I care. Cool. I, mean, like, I care too. <laughs> oh, nice. yes. yeah. I like yeah. it. So, I, but and I want to just take it, and maybe you want to go first. But I think a lot of you know our audience is affiliate owners and coaches, yeah. and I think for a lot of them they are blocked by very similar. By the way. Was I supposed to take my shoes off? Yeah. This you is you missed uh, the memo. Did I miss? Connect to the ground. Yeah. To the earth. You're not, you're not this grounding. is rubber matting, kids. <laughs> uh, just for the record. So there's, there's no chi in here. I'm, I'm telling Kyle Casper Bauer that uh, you're not uh, grounding we, right we, now. Um, but you can't ground with socks on, yeah. for the record. But, no, we, we work with affiliate owners and coaches, and I think for a lot of them, one thing we do well with them is probably a little bit of this accidentally, where it's just Good. like, hey, you don't have to be failing as a box owner. Or like Fern said, what, a lot of boxers, like, it's hard. What if it weren't? So I think we need to speak pause right to the there. You don't have to be failing as a as a box owner. A you could, could succeed as a box owner. That, that's what I'm saying. Different yeah, word, think, right? Because yeah. even how you present it to them, you change the picture in their. I'm head. doing that to get them to sign yeah. up. Oh, totally, I'm totally, totally. Right? Like, so it's like sign up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sign up. <laughs> right? But These guys so will, they'll, they'll help. A yeah, lot. I mean, it's a, it's a couple things of what you just mentioned. Is one, the rate of speech is incredibly important. If you're going to stand up in front of a room and lead a class, you need to have clear control over your own rate of speech because you are teaching, right? Mark is teaching in this podcast when we, you know, whether it's to lead a CrossFit class or to lead um, one of your classes, to lead a podcast, rate of speech is incredibly important. Just to talk to your significant other. Oh, I mean, (laughs) everywhere, everywhere. It makes you think about what you're saying and you don't say things that are dumb like I do to my wife. It's one of of the more challenging. And this is where I think we have a, you and I specifically probably have a, like you do, most people are not exposed to anything that would resemble controlling rate of speech unless you do public speaking for a living and then it becomes paramount to providing a good presentation. And that's smarter. It's, yeah. Well, it's just, it's very hard to control, particularly because typically if you've not done it before, it's stressful. Yeah. You feel unprepared and then... You're standing in front of a bunch of people who have captive audience, so you don't want to let any of them down. And you're so, you're so used to talking kind of train of thought, like Mark was saying, that you feel as if you're talking so slow when you're not. You're just thinking about what you're going to say before letting it come out of your mouth. And that's a skill. Yeah. It's absolutely a skill. Uh, uh, 99.9% of my professional hours is 
dedicated to certifying the coaches and being on team meetings and content development. Uh, only by word of mouth. I don't advertise. I am a professional speaker, and I do professional speaking uh, uh, coaching. And within the first 10 minutes, we are talking about rate of speech. Because okay, some very important things happen mechanically when someone slows down their rate of speech. The breath starts to descend. Like if you all want to mess up a pitch to a prospective client, deliver with the breath trapped in the chest. You could have the best thing and they could be a perfect fit for whatever you're selling, in this case memberships, and you will come off as an amateur. Or People pick up on that. Coaching, like your whiteboard brief is your pitch. So if you just yeah, rush that's how you that get whiteboard brief. To buy what it is yeah, about this to is do what today. we're about to do. It's going to be great. Where if you're... What do you call it? Chest breathing. Chest breathing and stress just talk, response. Talking like that's going to be perceived by your members, and maybe they don't. You don't even realize that they're getting anxious. Versus Correct. like, let's chill out. This is going to be a great hour. Correct. Let's talk about what we're about to do. Do you do you do you want to bring me onto the team? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, let's do this. All right. We, we need we very need so many aces. It's as possible. been great. So it's been it's great. But I'm going over to Enlifted. So I, 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 I so I want to start with coaches first, right? Yep. So obviously you do a lot of coaching of coaches. Yep. So I mean I've got a couple of things that we could throw out there. But is there anything? Obviously we can use. Do you what? How do you how do you how do you refer? Is it negative self talk or, or is there a phrase for that that you use? Uh, uh, conflict language. Okay, conflict language. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah, that from yeah. the program. There's three that's pillars right. of it. That's right. Would you mind t- uh, covering those real quick? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the language patterns that the victim mentality has to have in order to be created and sustained, there are three pillars. There's three main pillars: negations, projections and soft talk. We'll go in that order. So my grandmother was an Olympic medalist, fifth degree black belt in the art of worrying. <laughs> worrying. I, was, I was like, this is how it's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, she, would, she, she could worry with the best of them. And I didn't realize how she was doing it, which does bring up an interesting part of the conversation. There's a big, we're all about the how it enlisted. How is someone telling themselves the story that they're not good enough? Okay, because there's a big difference between why do I talk myself out of opportunity so much and how do I talk myself out of opportunity so much? When you get into the how, then you look at things more objectively and and you can break things down into their moving parts. So uh, um, uh, negations, there's a handful of keywords and they force people, whether they want to or not, to stare at worst case scenarios. I don't want to miss payroll this month. Look at the words. I don't want to miss payroll this month. Negation keyword, don't. Okay? I can't keep messing up these sales calls. Okay? I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that again. So what did I just, what do I just do with my imagination in a very short amount of time? I made a picture of missing payroll. I made a picture of messing up a sales call and whatever that thing was that I actually can keep doing, I saw me doing it again. The first, <laughs> I'm still talking about it. This was when I was 15 and a half years old. First thing. My driving teacher taught me when I got in the car, I said, look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. It's the same thing with our imagination. And the amount of pictures that we make during the day, it adds up. Okay, if I watch, pick any news channel, in a matter of time, like I'm just staring at like problems that are horrible. That does influence things. So the negation keywords, can't, won't, isn't, not, hasn't, haven't, shouldn't all force you to stare at what you don't want to have happen anymore, what you can't keep doing, what's you're not, I'm not going to let them take advantage of me anymore. There's that again. And uh, no, just as you're saying this, I'm like, it's so often that people speak like that 
and I mean, it's maybe it's just obvious it's to me in this moment, and it's, you know, something I've thought about, but it, if it's easy to speak like that, it's probably equally just as easy to speak positively. Once you learn to do it, so pick, what's, what's the most challenging, uh, generally speaking, what's the most challenging exercise in a CrossFit? Well, I was, this is where I was going, this whole, like the, the, the most micro version of this inside of a CrossFit affiliate is something that we work with people all the time when they say, don't round your back or don't let your knees come in. And, and, and all they're doing is... When they're coaching and When they're coaching, they're saying, hey, don't let your knees come in or like, hey, don't let your elbows roll back or whatever. And it's always trying to flip that. Just tell them what to do to get into the better position. Don't tell them what's wrong so or what they're not doing. So the term, because we coach that all the time. And like Fern saying, hey, we're going to squat. I want to see your knees track your toes. What I don't want to see is all the... So if we use a term for that to have a common language with our listeners and our clients, you'd call it negating? It's a negation. Yeah, we would call it coaching Coaching the the positive. positive. But that's what they're doing is negating. They are two different names for the same thing. Right. And uh, so this is said as well, um, it's double negation. It's not about not using negations or never project anymore, no soft. It's about being... Aware, aware of what you're thinking. You still make mistakes. Of but course. Be and sometimes um, it's, I uh, uh, tell them what you want them to do. Be conscious of it. Tell them what you want them to do. Tell them what you don't want them to do. Tell them what you want them to do. Right. It could be as simple as add that last piece on there rather than the last thing you're leaving with is, here's how you fuck this thing up. Let's <laughs> yeah. be like, let's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't not try your hardest today, everybody. I'm so you know confused. you can't let yourself down. Like, and it just keeps going. Take out the like. It's called yeah. a thought train for a reason. And this, thought and the, train wrecks actually. Yeah. And then the same thing would be said when you're trying to learn this. Like, you'll still have mistakes. You'll still have setbacks. You'll stay negative things. Like, for example, you're trying to convince yourself you're not in love with me, but <laughs> am I? <laughs> He's not doing it well. Oh, thing. <laughs> no, but you 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 will always have those setbacks or train wrecks in your thoughts cool get the train back on on track i could give you a couple of examples and we'll just i'll throw some statements out there from a coaching standpoint so some if you're somebody who's a coach who's gonna get ready to walk out on the floor and coach something complex like a muscle up of some sort and they're like and what they're thinking is i can't do a muscle up how am i supposed to teach this we hear that all the time you know so that would be the first one another one would be again probably a newer coach it's like well like they're just not listening to me Mm. That's, that's a good one. That, 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 yeah, you got a negation and you got the word just in there, which is What's that, what's that do to it? It makes it, it makes the drama go up. Like, okay, let's have another little exercise to make. And this brings up a point about um, once people have a, 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 an experience, once they feel the difference between that word and sentence and this word and sentence, then the whole thing starts making a lot more sense, as in uh, uh, she who feels it knows it, or he who feels it knows it. So uh, uh, everybody write this sentence down. How can I ever get over this? Because there's some words, they're called dramatics, and they, 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 they spike the drama. So ever. Look, watch, look at this, look at this, look at this, folks. How can I ever get over this? Yeah, fine, it's got a question mark at the end, and that one word ever, it pumps the drama. Now I don't have a question, especially if I emotionalize over it. I've just now got a statement of I'm screwed. How can I ever get over this? And the reticular activating system, which is very important, we'll talk about that. Uh, that's the second time I've said that. It goes, okay, it's a presupposition. It presupposes that there's nothing that I can do. So it stops looking for anything you can do. And then here, just your, this is the way things, 
things are. It's a fixed mindset. Let's get all Carol Dweck about it. You take out that one word, ever, drama usually, that's a strong usually, comes down. How, sound like how you're can I get over your, this? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it sounds how like you're I? asking yourself how a can question I get over about this? it. And so the reticular activating system goes, okay, well, uh, I'm presupposing there's a solution, so I'm going to go uh, uh, look for solutions, which now I'm participating. Most people's language tricks them into being spectators in the stands, just innocent bystanders. That's sad. That's a sad story, and it has a sad ending. And very cool things happen when people use their language to make them active participants in the story. I mean, you want to be the main character in your story. You want to be an NPC in your own story. Well, that's that why I say that first uh, statement. How Cody and Nate just got super excited. <laughs> when you said well, I was going to say with that with that first statement, that was when you say like, "How can I ever get over it? that?" That that as you're walking through it, I'm like, "Oh, that's a statement disguised as a question." It's not a question. Yeah, it's a statement because it that, looks like it looks and sounds like a question, but it's not. Because that one word, turn, right. just one word, it's the one word game. And I, w- I will give us some credit. Again, we've, uh, we've done a good job of demystifying the conversation about mindset and gamifying it. We've got more language games than we know what to do with. Simple stuff, as in write this sentence down, take this one word out. What's the difference? What, okay, describe the difference. So we're slowing down, there's that again, the storytelling process. And when, because most people are there, it's just a mile a minute, okay? And it's very hard, that's an understatement, to figure out what's doing what. What sentences are, are m- more problematic or the most problematic when things aren't written down? I was going to say, it's almost like you, you have to make it a game in order to practice that whole process absent of drama or stress because if you're trying to do that it's the same thing as trying to fix a lift at at 95 percent like if you're out of position like good luck like it's too late yeah, at luck. that point like they should have done that at previous lighter loads and got more reps in so that you're like okay i know how to i know how to be where i'm supposed to be when i'm supposed to be there in order to be successful here 100 i'm like i'm gonna take my truck out on the interstate and drive it 80 miles an hour and get under the hood and tinker around no i'm not <laughs> okay for a variety of reasons it's the same thing with people's stories and um, that one of the fastest ways to, there's two, the fa- two fastest ways to slow down the storytelling process that, that will give you more space and clarity is to write things down. We can get specific. There are, there are great ways to do it. And from time to time, slow down your rate of speech because that's going to give you some extra space and some extra clarity. So we've got negations on the table. Mm-hmm. Now we've got projections. So that was the first thing that I saw. He did that to me. I had a woman come in, sit down, and the crux of her whole story, she was way still pissed at her husband, who she had divorced, and the crux of the thing was he made me think we needed to get married. He made me think we needed to get married. Let's look at the words. He made me. Now, guess what? Two plus two is four for Mark England and Einstein. And that sentence right there is going to create the victim-villain mental imagery. Remember the definition of the victim mentality? Here's some, this, this beast, and it is the thief in the night, in my opinion. It wants everything. And it is rampant. And it is super addictive. Crack cocaine's got nothing on the victim mentality. Cause it's just way sneaky. And it just, it's, we got a glitch in our language. And education is, is, the, is the answer. Uh, um, so the, the, the pro, what projections do, he made me think we needed to get married. It absolves her of all responsibility. Any, any participation is out the window. And this one is the one with the asterisk on it. Uh, practice this with a little bit of um, 
approach it with some compassion for yourself because part of you is going to be majorly uh, 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 attached to this story because a lot of things unravel uh, for her and, well, I've seen this a lot, when you go from you embarrassed me to I embarrassed me or I need him to respect me, that goes to I need me to respect me or, you know, they're making me feel bad about it. Sounds like it's still on the playground, because it is. Mm-hmm. No, I'm making me feel bad about this, okay? And what happens is we take the other person, because I can tell myself this, that, that story. I can tell myself that fucking story for decades. And what do I get? The same thing. I get the same thing, which is a scary picture, negative emotions and feelings, extra rigidity in the body, and breath trapped in the chest. It's called amygdala hijack. Look that up. And so we help people take out, here are the keywords: he, she, they, people's first name. Pronouns. Mom, dad. I'm very anti-pronouns. <laughs> well, the government, like, whatever it is, right. whatever is taking advantage of you and your imagination, write, down it, write it down in one sentence and take out that keyword. It's going to sting. It's going to sting. And guess what? Pepper burns twice. Pepper burns twice. These stories burn going in, and they burn coming out. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go eat a spicy Thai dish Ooh, and call me in 48 we hours. We did hobblings, and I yeah. needed baby wipes the next day. Uh, so, Negations and projections. I was, one thing you'll learn about me is I have a very small bladder. I'm going to run to the bathroom. He made me have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah, see, I have he's to got go to the bathroom. He's got a villain. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's yeah. making me he, have to pee I right now. I can't believe that he did this to you. I cannot That's believe... Right. <laughs> That he made me drink this water, Dude. this element yeah. tea, and, <laughs> and, yes. and now I have to pee. But keep talking. I just didn't want you guys to think I was. Oh no, no, we were. This is where it gets good when you leave. Um, <laughs> soft talk. Yeah. There's a third pillar. Yeah. There's three of them, and this is where the soft talk is. So negations, they can they can be a little. You got to think about them a little bit. Okay, projections. That's where the sting is. Okay, that's where the bitterness is. That's where the resentment is. So be prepared for a bitch slap, and then there's soft talk which um, it's the gateway drug to the rest of the language because there's a funny aspect to it and there's a super simple aspect to the practice of it and there's, there's a handful of words, there's like 10, 12 and, um, and all you have to do is take out the word. So here are the keywords. Uh, think, maybe, might, kinda, sorta, possibly, Perhaps, almost like. It's almost like I'm procrastinating, okay? <laughs> Take out almost like, uh, no, I am procrastinating. Now I'm not thinking about uh, whether I am or not. I now own it and uh, uh, get to move forward. Um, I probably shouldn't drink that much coffee. This is really funny that you're saying this because this is, I learned this from Steve Haydock, who's a uh, seminar, he's a flow master on, on seminars for what we do, teaching coaches. And this is very common when coaches are, like new to new to coaching and they're working with new athletes and we'll just give an example that would be like having a barbell in the front rack and i'll say hey what do you notice about you know jason's elbows and i said well they're a little down and i said and here herein lies the problem we've qualified something that puts me in the worst possible place as a coach which is now i'm stuck on maybe maybe i do something maybe i don't because i qualified it and i said 
There's no maybes. There's no kind of. There's no sort of. There's no a little bit. You the all, elbows you, you are You all up. are lifted. We're yeah. You, you're us. This is, this yeah. is, this they're is, up yeah. or they're down because making that, like making it binary allows me to take action on whatever the problem is. And then I can start to problem solve. And just removing that verbiage out of it takes away this feeling of helplessness. They're like, I'm not sure what to do now. And it's simply because they're like, they're a little bit down. Because then my question becomes, well, how much down do we need in the elbow position for you to interact? And, that, and now we're in the land of subject, subjectivity, which is like, there is no answer to that question. You're just lost forever. So it's like, they're just down. <laughs> Cast away. Yeah. They're just down. They're down or they're up. There's nothing in the middle. And, and here's the key, everybody. They're always down. So that forces me in the position where I have to interact with this and do, do some sort of problem solving. And it's really funny that you're walking through that because it's something that a lot of coaches have. They're like, well, their knee, his knees are in a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, they're just in. They're yeah. in or they're out. This like, is where we start talking application, right? Yeah. So he just talked method. And when we talk application and we take this into the gym and we say, how are coaches experiencing this? The very first thing that I think is the most critical to address for a coach who wants to get good at their craft and who is absolutely invested in becoming a really good coach, own the story in your own head. Because if I come in to teach a class of 30 people with a bunch of chaos around me and there's a shit storm in my head, that I don't feel confident in front of the room and I don't own what I'm saying. And I'm still thinking about what my boyfriend did to me yesterday. And I'm like still upset about it. And like, oh man, I don't really want to be here, but like, I got to go. I'm and on the schedule. trapped in the chest. So she's speaking really fast and this thing. Just <laughs> so can, then, so can you give us an example? Uh, like, you don't have to be like, I'm sure you've got hundreds of these in, yeah. your, in your, like an example. So can you walk us through one of those like exact scenarios? Go for it, Kimmy. I've been yeah. talking yeah, to the storm up. Yeah. So the key thing that when I talk about owning the story in your own head, right? It's, well, there's a few layers to this and let's start with just what am I here to do, right? So if I come in with my coach shirt on, I'm here to be professional and I'm here to deliver. So what's going on in my own personal life and what's happening outside of the gym is not relevant in this container. It is, I'm here to teach class. And how do I know what to do to teach class? I have my plan. I know what my cues are. I know how to interact and connect with the members. And if I have a story running in the background that's happening in something that's happening in my own life or something that's unresolved, and then I start questioning, like, oh, did I even say that right? Like, fuck, I messed that up. Did they notice that? Did anyone realize that I played the wrong song? Oh, my God, did they think I'm any good at this? Hold on a second here. Is my boss going to see what I just did? Shit. Right? And there's this. Do you watch energy. Jay Coach? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's exactly that what was my he's last class. Listen, it's, <laughs> that was the other day. We spliced the audio. Yeah, yeah. It's Except everybody. I played the right song. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. You got one thing right there. Should I even be doing this? Am I any good at this? Yeah. There's so many other coaches out there that are so much better than me. Why would anyone work with me? And it's, it's the imposter syndrome is kissing cousins to the victim mentality. The language patterns are essentially identical, just, just a little, little adjustment here and there. And it, I mean, they're both flavors of Fucksville. It's like, you know. so how do we start to address that? Like from so, a very low level, like if somebody's watching totally. this, they're like, all right, that's me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. How, well, do I, how do I start to address It was me this? in the early phases of my coaching too. I would sit down with a client and I would come in and I'd start having a dialogue where I question everything I'm saying back and I'm breathing all sorts of tense and tight. And as soon as they get a little bit emotional, now here I am in my feels and like, oh my God, what do I do? Right. So we have, we have different flavors of coaches that we like to uh, personify so that we can hear, people can get what we're talking about. Uh, we have the, all the right answers coach, the coach who wants to step in the second they see something wrong. It's like, I got, I know how to fix this. 
hey, I got your answer right here. Pointing at me? That's not me. Me, I'm just like, you got this shit. (laughs) (laughs) You'll figure it out. I believe in you, man. (laughs) You're doing great. (laughs) And not because I don't know. I'm just lazy. It's like easier for me to sit over there. There you go. Yeah. But that's like what we would call like the technician maybe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So same thing. It's like they have, they have an answer for everything. And even if they know or they don't know, they have an answer and they're going to like step in right away. Like I'm a, I'm a all knowing wise coach. I've got to have all the answers. Otherwise, why would anyone, uh, you know, uh, pay me for? I've, uh, yeah. And, and it's just. It, and if it, I don't know, they're not going to trust me. There's so a whole thing. I, yeah. So walk me through this. I'll we'll we'll do a little role play here. So I'm coaching, and I see Jay is moving like trash, like normal. <laughs> And I want to try to fix this. And I, Y'all's banter is awesome. <laughs> First of all, it's you not missed the workout earlier. I carried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, and, I, and I, the inaction is caused by, I don't know if the cue is going to work. That's always the answer mm-hmm. that we get. I'm like, or you do something. They're like, I don't know if it's going to work. What's up, Best Hour listeners? I'm here with founder of O2, Dave Kalina, and if you haven't heard about O2, it's a cleaner, healthier sports drink, and the best part about it, only one gram of sugar. But what I really want to talk about is the special we have for you listeners. So the special is pretty awesome. Uh, I know I'm biased, but I have to say we, we kind of went all out for you guys here. If you buy four cases of O2, you will get four cases for free, as well as a free branded O2 mini fridge, as well as one of these awesome O2 Yeti water bottles, and we'll even have the Best Hour logo on there. So it's pretty good. This is something I drink every day. You guys know if you listen to the Best Hour podcast or you watch Dropping In, it's really important to myself and to Fern that we only support companies that we actually endorse and use ourselves. I love O2, I drink two a day. You can buy a caffeine free. I do that after 3 p.m. But if you want the one with caffeine, it's a great pre-workout. It doesn't make you jittery. It just makes you PR. So Dave's the man. He set up a great deal just for us. Best hour. Check it out. Four cases, four for free, a fridge, a Yeti, and you get our love. You'll get all four flavors, by the way, in those four free cases. So you'll have eight cases total, two of each flavor. And I think the best part about O2 is it just tastes awesome. So, so give it a shot, enjoy it. And we've got a hundred percent money back guarantee also. So if you don't like it, we'll take care of you, but that like never happens. So you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. So in the sense of, I don't know if the cue is gonna work, right? What that is, is a negation that's in your head with a question that you are second guessing yourself, right? So what is the energy like behind that when you hear that thought come up in your head? What you can do once you become aware of the words is you can say, this cue might work, right? Take us one step in the direction of where it might work. I'll say it, right? And in that case, soft talk would be a good thing because it would talk you into action to take the next step. The next layer of owning that is this cue is going to work. And if it doesn't, the next cue I'm going to give is going to work, right? And having the confidence of that you have a Rolodex of cues in your head because you know not every cue is going to work with every athlete. Right. So you can step into that scenario and say, I have, I, I have a cue that will work versus I don't know if this cue is going to work. And that's an internal dialogue, right? That Kimmy, you mind if I 
piggyback off yeah. this. When people stress themselves out, you know, worrying of if, what if this cue doesn't work and then, you know, uh, uh, what if I, 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 they don't like the class and all these things, those, those statements quite quickly, uh, along with, you know, what my boyfriend did and all that, you know, my girlfriend and all that, stress response. When people go into stressed states, I mentioned this earlier, it's called amygdala hijack, and we lose our ability to listen. Okay, we get fixated on something, okay? So we lose access to our peripheral vision, literally. We lose uh, access to our um, uh, creative faculties. Our listening ability goes way down. And so what does that mean? You lose access to your training. You lose access to the information that you've learned in, uh, in, in all the certifications. It's why um, it's very common when kids are having problems at home and they come to school in a highly in a stressed state, they're, they're very p- bad learners. And it, it has to do with the story and the breath. And then so what we, what we say is that more rocket science, folks. I know this is just super complicated. Can't, you need a PhD to, to track what we're saying. Good breathing equals good coaching, okay? Because good breathing equals good listening, and good listening equals good coaching. So good breathing equals good coaching. And guess what? We use our language to keep our breath unlocked and low and slow. And when I operate breathing well, fill in the blank, whether it's a sales call, whether it's a class, whether it's a coaching interaction, whether I'm out on a date, whether I'm giving a presentation, whether it's a competition, I mean, when do you want to be your breath locked up here? Never. Right. So if you, if you, here's, here's, here's an unlifted promise. If, look at that camera. If you improve your breathing, if you improve your breathing, guess what we're doing tomorrow? We're doing a bunch of language, judo, language kung fu. It's going to unlock the breath. And then Brandon's coming in and going to take him to the stars. If you improve your breathing, you'll be a better coach. You'll, you'll be a better listener. You'll have way better access to your tools. And I'm not sure who said it earlier. If, um, it, was, if it was smart, I think I yeah, it was, that. Yeah, it was you. Um, uh, uh, your breath influences your client's breath. Yes. Okay. I think yes. Uh, Sounds uh, like something assume the Assume the, not, it's not the worst. Just assume that your clients are coming in with stories in their head and they're a little bit rigid That's, that's about a good it. point because when yeah. you're rushing that whiteboard brief, they're already a little stressed. Yeah. yeah. So, so, the, so, right. So, so, you unlock your breath and guess what? It's called, it's called entrainment. You'll, you will influence your your group your coach the, the 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 group class's breath because you're leading it and you're breathing well and eventually everybody's gonna come into a trainment with a rhythm you. with your breath and then then they're gonna listen. It's not you. Yeah. So it's like you know the first thing is own the story in your head and then the second thing right the result of that is that if I'm able to keep my breath low and so if I'm able to hear my own internal dialogue hear my external dialogue own it be confident what that does is it creates space for me to hear what's happening for you and to observe what's happening for you because I don't know about you guys but every group class I've ever taught there's somebody who's late there's somebody who's coming in who's not paying attention, somebody texting in the corner, somebody who's like eager and ready to go, like right in the front, who's like patiently waiting for me to give them instruction. And there's every flavor of person in the room. <laughs> You've nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember base like, just now. But <laughs> listen, it's like I get them all, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, you have, you know, all those people in front of you, everybody's at a different state. And what you your job is, is to own the front of the room, right? To stand confidently, corral them all, create structure, create order, and get everybody on the same page and so that everybody can have a good workout at whatever place they're coming in from. 
the challenge in group fitness oftentimes and a little bit different in CrossFit because you do have more of a community where people are willing to chat and talk and they're developing beyond just showing up to lift heavy is that you really don't have a ton of context of what's happening in people's lives before they come into the gym or what happens when they leave. It's the best hour of their day, but it still might be a shitty fucking hour, right? Because of what's happening up Mm. here. So if they're in a victim state and they're coming in here and this is their relief. They got the boss to blame. Their their marriage is on fire. Like they're racking up credit. Like all the stuff that occupies the mental real estate. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So when you come in as a coach, what your job is, is to be a clear vessel to facilitate in the room rather than coming in and being like, I'm going to run this shit and I got it and I got the best cues and I got the best programming and I'm so here to just like make everybody the best they can be. It's like, no, I'm here to meet everybody at every level that they're at. And I'm here to be able to judge and say like, Hey man, you look a little tired and a little upset today. You know, I know we have max back squats in the program and are you sure you're good with that? Like, you know, do you have the space for that? And maybe he's going to say, yeah, I got it, bro. But it's like, you can hear that there's a little bit difference, right? So when you own your story, you're confident, you're control, you're clear, you have the space to own the room. Now you can interact with your clients better because you can hear the story that they're saying through their words and you can observe their breathing and you can observe their body language in a whole new level than just, what the mechanics of the squat look like. Yeah, I mean, you've just described the 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 age old scenario of the athlete that won't scale in the class because the, the coach is like, I, they just won't, they just won't yeah. scale. They won't listen to me. And it's like, maybe you're not listening. Right, and it becomes a different a different conversation when instead of that projection of they won't listen to me, is how can I listen to them, mm. and how can and create I create the rhythm? And then then the question is, when do I cue them? Because guess yeah. what. You, you establish a rhythm and then you just sit there and wait. Timing is a thing. Wait. Timing yeah, is a big sure. thing. Rhythm and time. You get good ri- If you want good rhythm and timing, you have to be breathing well. Can I, I wanna, you keep saying that. And I'm not known to take this <laughs> podcast off topic. Like, I'm Go for a stickler. It. <laughs> like, I keep it on. But I can't help but think your background, because I trained jujitsu. I saw the cauliflower. It's, it's all like people like. Always like, how do you stay in this? It's like, how do you stay in that? Like getting choked. I'm like, well, just calm down. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of what you're bringing out here for those that don't train jujitsu or, or any, you know, CrossFit has the same thing. Like with your breathing, like calm down in the middle of a workout, but being able to stay cool under pressure that you learned on the mats yeah. translates big time into this. Cause that, that's something I talk about all, all the time with friends when I try to get them to do jujitsu. It's like, hey, if you can get choked by your buddies like at practice, mm-hmm. life is easy. Yeah, for sure. Because then part of that is just like, okay, this guy's, this dude that I train with and his girlfriend, by the way, kick my butt all day, both black belts, both awesome, like body triangles where I'm like, I'm going to shit that's myself. Fun. Like, <laughs> I'm going to shit myself right now. Yeah. And, like, oh, and then they're like throwing a choke on top of that, and you're just like, you got to find a, the smallest space you possibly can and to take relax a breath and, chill and out relax. There. Yeah. And if you can do that on, on the mats, sure. all of a sudden, like you said, your significant other, your boss, your credit card is like, whew. I trained jiu-jitsu for six years. I've been kickboxing for the past 25 on and off. And so probably I the same thing. You get hit yeah, with a head kick. Over right? here. I yeah. can actually, I've got, I, I, I head kick everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have you do that to Fern Marcus, at the end. Marcus, Marcus was <laughs> one of my la- most recent cornermen when we had a dojo death match at the lake house last October. Is this the Big Lebowski weekend? 
We could be. Oh. What are y'all? Hey, hey, what are y'all doing in October, man? Big Lebowski party. We're coming to <laughs> the dojo. It sounds like we're coming yeah. to your house. Yeah. Okay. So I want. So no, I want to take this. <laughs> I want to take. I'm taking you up on that. I want to. So I want to take this into affiliate ownership because this is a lot of what we deal with. And they should be choking the clients. Should, yeah, I should be choking the clients. <laughs> Triangles for everybody. Hang up. The, um, and and admittedly, I've been through multiple variations of this with regard to my feelings about the business and my feeling to progress the business. And then that somehow, which I'm sure you can unpack, manifests itself now that I can't, now I can't sell for any number of reasons. When they come in, I'm like, now I have all these stories and I say, people don't value this. Nobody's going to pay that much money. They, th- everybody thinks it's expensive. Um, I, I can't, that's a big one. Yeah. Everybody it's expensive. thinks it's expensive. I live in a small town. I live in a small town. Everybody it, like no, nobody's going to pay that much money. And, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to sell that whatever that might be. And, and it goes, and it's just all the time, right? It's, it's when I'm by myself, it's, you know, like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get the business to the, like, I can't, I can't hire a full-time coach. The same shit talk that's going on in the coach's head when they're in front of the room, having a hard time figuring out what's going on in their own head is happening in everyone's head. It's the same language stems, same language patterns. And as the head of sales, for uh, Procabulary and Lifted for the first six and a half years of its existence. I'd like to defer to the current <laughs> head of sales uh, and marketing w- with this. Yeah, well, I mean, the reality is, is that same victim story or that same negations, projections, and soft talk that's happening, that conflict language is happening in the affiliate owner's head. It's happening. And guess what? Language is contagious. The victim mentality is contagious. If you're the leader of this group and you're talking about how things, I, you know, I just don't know if they're going to buy it or I just can't get a good coach to come in here and there's nobody out there that can really get get it right what here's are your- one for you there's nobody that i cannot find good coaches I, I cannot find any there's nobody that wants to coach full-time that's a statement i hear so much that it makes me want to vomit there's somebody who wants to coach full-time there's plenty and the thing is is that it's literally just changing that word right there's nobody that wants to coach full-time guess what there's somebody what if, i i know if there's somebody first of all if you're having a hard time finding a coach who wants to coach full-time hit me up because i got a whole slew of them that got, would love our, to take you up on that full of gangsters like, they'd be like, a full-time coaching gig? Yeah, sign me up. Where am I moving? I'm like, let's do it. Here you go. Kimmy, and- <laughs> reticular activating system. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you was Literally. This is what we're talking about. Literally. Uh, I can't find any co- – no, nobody wants to coach full-time. So uh, – do I do reticular activating system or do it. you want to? You're, okay. you're there. Okay. We've talked so. about doing this for quite some time. You've made it enough time. Now you're obligated to talk better about be it. Good. You, you still owe us a pillar, by the way. Yeah. No. No, we you, got, were, you, you were in the bathroom. Did I miss the pillar? Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, yeah. wait. Negation, projections, and soft talk. I think I might want to maybe come in for... How many times have y'all heard this? Uh, you're out and about and somebody knows what you do or f- they find out and they're like, I think I might want to come try a class one oh, yeah. time. How many times do they show up? Zero. 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 Yeah. Uh, what about the person that says, you want a CrossFit gym? When, when can I come do a, uh, a class? Right now. Yeah, exactly. Those people, because guess what? We're, all, we're talking ourselves into stuff. We're talking ourselves out of stuff. And the, the people that live more interesting lives and get better at things and tend to like themselves more and uh, uh, have a, a fun story to tell at the end because this thing is going to end, it's the people that talk themselves into stuff. So this definitely brings up, and we'll, this piggybacks perfectly off of the, uh, I, I can't find anyone to coach full-time there's this thing it's called the reticular activating system and we all got one including you so once upon a time 
my car got stolen in Richmond, Virginia. So I walk out the door, going to give a presentation, and I walk over to where my car was parked the night before, and it's gone, empty space. I call the cops, and I said, help. And they said, hold on, buddy, we're coming. And then I call my dad. This is a true story, Brown and Browner. And I, I said, Dad, I'm serious. Somebody stole my ride. And I didn't say ride. Um, I didn't say whip. You're trying to make yourself sound cool. Right <laughs> I, I, you got to relate to the kids these days. You know, the kids these Somebody days. Stole my Somebody automobile stole my automobile, dad. Whip. And, and so I'm like, no, seriously, the cops are coming. I got stuff to do. I need the farm truck. So I go out to, this is in Richmond, hour and a half, go out and get one of my father's prized possessions. A 1985 Ford F-150, mint condition, two tones of brown. He bought it brand new off the showroom floor. We call it Brown and Browner. And I drove Brown and Browner into Richmond, Virginia. And within 24 hours, I started seeing 1985-ish Ford F-150s all over the place. Let me guess, you got a story just like that. Everybody, it's, it's, it's the Jeep effect. It's the Jeep yeah. effect. Yeah. It's yeah. the Jeep effect. All y'all have that story too. So like what, what you buy a new car and you start to see that car out and about and you're like, where the hell do these cars come from? This is, this is the reticular activating system. This is selective attention. This is inattentional blindness. Those are technical word, chunky words for what this is. It's, uh, um, and the most famous that I know of um, uh, study, it's called the Invisible Gorilla Study. Are y'all oh, familiar yeah. with yeah, this? Yeah, y'all tell us. When they're watching the video, I just saw. I just it's still saw up like, there on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just saw a recent version of it. It was like a. It was a different version, but it was the same thing. I don't remember. It's like a. Is it somebody's like. Like a gorilla comes out onto the screen and yeah, they're like count the count the number of people right. bouncing a basketball or something. You're counting seven and there, and then you watch the whole thing again. And at some point, as you were not paying attention or you were counting something very specific that they told you to focus on, you miss that a human being in a gorilla suit walks out into the middle of the of the of the scene and then walks back out of out of frame. And you're like, how? Could How did you possibly it? have missed a gorilla Unbelievably walking obvious. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? We just, the reticular, because the reticular activating system, it has a search and edit function. Once it gets programmed with something and it's completely impartial, it'll go to work, it'll go do great work for you. It'll drive you into the ground too. It doesn't care. It just goes and does what it, it's like the robo, uh, the Terminator. And so it has a search function, edit function. So while it's looking, while I was, so while it's, um, for my example, while I was finding more and more 1985 Ford F-150s, it's editing out the Blue Beetles and the, the, uh, the white vans. And I can do this in about three minutes. I've got two great stories about words influencing the reticular activating system through story because it works for better and for worse. And then we'll get back into more examples. Mm -hmm. You can pull the trigger on this. Yep. This yep. woman comes in, sits down. She was very self-aware. Um, she said... My husband thinks I'm attractive. I'm struggling in my marriage. My husband thinks I'm attractive. I refuse to believe him. I know when it got started. I just don't know what to do about it. Here's the story. So she's 10 years old. She goes to her uh, uh, grandma, grand, grandma's house for, for Christmas. They pull in. She walks in the door. As soon as she gets in the door, her, uh, her great aunt leans, right, right, leans down and goes, My, you have a big nose just like me. <laughs> stress response she runs into the bathroom looks at the mirror what do you think the first thing she looked at was her, her nose. nose which is no bigger physically than it was five seconds ago but now in her imagination she's got a honker and she's got a story that she's ugly and the reticular activating system goes your wish is my demand uh, since you're ugly I'm going to go find all the other flaws and I'm going to edit out anything that's positive and once this thing gets set you get a pen and a piece of paper and you can 
reset it. And so, you know, she grows up and her husband's like, damn, baby, you look good. She's like, you don't really mean that. And like, that's how that goes. And that's, so that's, that's the, that's a constrictive spell, a combination of words of great influence that net, that negatively affected her. And then 2014. So here's an example of a expansive spell because there's two kinds. I do a presentation. This guy comes up afterwards, goes, man, that was cool. That was really cool. I liked everything you were talking about. You want to hear a good story about this? I'm like, of course. He said, when I was 13 years old, my grandfather took me out in the backyard. And he said, little Johnny, life's wild. There's going to be zigs and zags and twists and turns and ups and downs. And you're going to get things right and you're going to get things wrong. Just always remember to err on the side of being a badass motherfucker. <laughs> and he said, my whole life changed in a moment. My life just changed. Yeah. Grandpa <laughs> dropping an F-bomb on you. He said, he said, I looked up, things were looking up, and I saw myself as capable and confident. And he said, I took a big breath in and he goes, you know, man, I, I'm, of course, I make a lot of mistakes, but I go after what I like. I, I go after what I want and I like being me. And I'm thinking, that's it, man. You know, if you like being you, then you're winning. Good luck enjoying being you. Good luck feeling comfortable in your skin when your breath is trapped in your chest. So back to the words. We're here to help people use their words to unlock their breath and have a choice in the story they tell themselves because it goes hand in hand. So when someone says, you know, there's no, there's no full-time coaches out there, the reticular activating system goes, okay, fine. And it blocks out uh, opportunity. And the more we emotionalize over the thing, the stronger the filter gets. So they could have a conversation with someone who, if you just... Are open and like, what do you do? You're, oh, you're a coach. You wouldn't happen to want to come. You just shut the whole thing down before it happens in your. Yeah, they're like, I just quit my job. I'm looking for work, and like, I can't find anybody that wants to do this. That's exactly how it happens. That's exactly how it happens. We create our own opportunity, and a tremendous amount of that is through the language and what we allow ourselves to see for better and for worse, including ourselves. And, and, and self-image. So what are some other ways that people wreck their reticular activating system? Well, can we go back to the, there's anywhere. no coaches. The, the, uh, how would you, how would you work through fixing that? Just like, obviously I know this is a very, this is, there's a lot to that, right? Sure. And we couldn't unpack that full thing, but that specific statement right there, how would you, how would you recommend like trying to reword that or rephrase that if somebody is trying to break that, you know, they have minimum t- minimal tools and they haven't done any of the any of the the coursework yeah. any of that. The like, first we we broke it down right quick. You maybe missed it, right? It's like the I'm we, slow. He missed it. No, I'm saying no. It's 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 so subtle and so so quick, right? So I'm sure other people didn't even hear what I said, which is what you just said is I'm so smart. Let me <laughs> let me do this again. Get no, her. It's, get her. So the idea is right, like write that statement down. There's nobody who wants to coach full time. The key word there is nobody. That's binary. It means that there is nothing. There's not a single person who wants what I'm offering. If we change nobody to somebody, right? Now, er, reticular activating system, which was over here saying there's nobody, comes over to the middle lane and Starts says- looking for somebody. There's somebody. There's billions of okay. people on this planet. Yeah. There's <laughs> right. somebody there's that somebody. wants to coach you, no matter where you're located. What if there's one person- what if there's one person in a hundred mile radius that would co- that would come and coach? And now I've just changed what I see in my mind. What if there What if there's one coach? What if I could find one coach? What if I know somebody who needs a, who has a coach? Like I mean, and the, the key here is like likely what's happening is that they're not saying that statement singularly. Rate your minds. They're saying it in a larger rant. Oh, it's in it's, it's is, typically in context. That's very true of, too. Yes, yeah, typically in the context of things and their their burnout. 
They're doing all the things. They can't find any help. They're not making the money that they want. And now, and now, all the personal stuff. Yeah, all the personal stuff that, that comes driving. along with all of that because I've had all of it. And now, now the now I've basically what I've made is I've made the villain that nobody wants to help me. I, I'm yeah. the, the villain is the outside world, and I'm and I'm now the victim. Yeah. I'm on like, my no, own. I'm yeah. on my own. I got to do this on my own. Right. I have nobody. Nobody listens to me. Nobody. Nobody can do this as well as I can. You want yeah. you want a scary statistic? Fifty percent of men in the United States under the age of 40, say they have two people that they can go to to talk about something of significant, of significance, of, of something emotionally significant. 50% of men over the age of 40 in the United States say they have no one that they can go to. And you know what? Same thing there. There's likely people around that would listen to you. Said, hey, if you just grab somebody and said, hey, I, can, I, can I talk to you about something? I need to get something off my chest. Most people will be like, they'll drop anything for you. Okay. And if I tell myself that story, there's no, there's, I got to do this on my own. Life's hard. Maybe something you heard your dad say just a couple of times or once if he was really upset, you can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody. There's no opportunity out there. An eight year old, you looks up like, huh, what? And that goes in. And then, you know, we, we reap what we sow. Okay. 10 years later, 20 years later, uh, there's that story. But then, but you know, I mean, it's, that, that was back then. That was way. That was a long time. Time doesn't apply to the emotional body. I can prove that. That's one of the easiest things to do. Write that story down that happened when you were seven, and let me guess, and and tell me what. Read it, and let me guess. You got that seven-year-old feel again. That's actually a very good thing, by the way. That we can that we can bring those feelings and emotions back up and dispel them, which means to cast out. Give me a pen and a piece of paper, and I'll. The judo that was the, that was the surprising part about working through those exercises. I was unaware of of how because it's interesting when you do it. You're like you're not really aware of where you're going, and all of a sudden you're like, oh whammy, shit, whammy. there it is. I'm like, I wasn't ready for that. It like, caught me off guard. Um, I know I want to do yeah. a couple other drills with Kim because that was good. Okay. And I think let's let's do some other examples. So yep. something else we hear um, this this member won't listen to me. Do your judo on it. <laughs> So in that context, right, so when we think about these, so what I was getting at when we were talking about like the singular statements, we can train to really master the language to isolate those single statements, but so often that single statement is not made on its own. It is, well, I was trying to cue them and they just wouldn't listen to me and instead like so-and-so over here, right? So Because we get that question once a day, like what do you do with a member that doesn't listen? And we all often say like, Hey, talk to them. Are they really not listening to them? Find out what's... But it goes back to what you said earlier, like, give yourself that space. But what are some of the things they can just say to themselves? They got one point and could. The member could listen to me. Or I could listen to them. I'm not listening to them. They're they're not listening to me. I'm not listening to me. Ugh. Yeah, there's... like The most direct answer to your question is when a coach or a member isn't listening is unlock their breath. They're not breathing well. They're right, not so listening to because they're not breathing well. And that goes back to something I said, like, hey, let's talk to them outside of class. So maybe they're coming into the box. They've had a, like, we don't know what they did the rest of their day. Now they're a little stressed already. Maybe because you see them, you're, what do we call it again? You s- chest, chest breathing. Chest breathing. Yep. Where's your chest? I feel like yeah. that should have yeah. been yeah. Yeah, I, feel like I mean, I got that other answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much harder. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't mean stop filming. But you're chest breathing, so now they're influenced, and mm-hmm. this is not the right place. Right. To have that conversation was say, hey, Kim, after class, hey, you want to go chat over there? Can we grab a coffee tomorrow? Hey, I noticed when you're in class, 
you don't always like to do X, you know, but you yeah. can, you can open up that space. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a few contexts and ways that this happens. I think personal trainers really get this big time, which is, and you see it in group classes too, which is sometimes you're the first person that somebody opens up to something tough oh, in their yeah. life. And so you break them down in the gym to to be emotionally more available because they are breathing and they're sweating and they're available to have a little bit of a release and their guards down. So sometimes you're the coach who you don't even have to ask. In some cases, they're just going to tell you. And then as a coach, what do you do? What do I do? You breathe. Right. And so the thing is, is that what, if you can breathe well, and if you can understand a little bit of what's happening in the language, you're much more equipped to start actually actioning on the information that you're getting back or supporting if maybe not action, but just supporting. I got a couple other bombs. May I add to that? Yeah, please. So what do I do when a, 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 a member isn't listening to me? So, uh, one thing you could, you could adjust the story that you're telling yourself. Also look at what you're saying to them. Uh, if y'all get your head around this, it's, this is a big deal. Are you, are you telling them something or are you asking them a question? Because answers push, questions pull, okay? And, and the quality of your question also influences their ability and desire to re- respond to you. So a well-timed, good question, most people are going to interact with that. Are you talking at them? Are you talking over them? Are you talking to them while they're putting their stuff together? Like they got to rush out the door. So, so it's what are you saying? When are you saying it? How are you saying it? How are you breathing? What what story are you telling yourself about yourself? What, so there's it's, it's, it's a lot of shit to this shit. Oh, and yeah. good. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, uh, like when people struggle in sales sales environments, one of the first, I'm like, who does the most of the talking? They're like, well, oh, I do. Me. And I'm like, should be the yeah. other way around. <laughs> right. Like you should right. shut your face and just Let ask them a handful of questions. Here, here's a, um, there's no money in affiliate ownership or the group model doesn't work or I can't get to a hundred members. Okay. I just immediately go to who does have a hundred members. Okay. Whose affiliate uh, uh, model is working and stare at them, find out what they're doing. Okay. Cause Guess what? This, this thing will never work. My reticular activating system is only going to allow me to see other examples, other gyms that have gone down in flames, and there's all the proof I ever need except for those, you know, the, the, the successful gyms over there. And, oh, they've got something else that, you know, there's, that I will excuse away their success, okay, and also excuse away my failure. That's a big thing. They're like, you do see the one that's doing it, and you make an excuse for why they're able to do it and you're not. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and which is a flavor like, of the victim you know, mentality. You know, you see that in the, well, but I'm in this small town, or, but they have X, Y, and Z, and I don't. And rather than looking at it like, oh, they did it, I can too. And why, what, what is it? I mean, okay, they're well, uh, making 150000 like, how about, a, what, 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 what do I have to do to increase my sales by 20%? Let's chunk down the goal. That's an option too. I mean, there's, listen, there's a lot of options and that's great. There's no options for this will never work for me. This might be the one where, like, I'm, I don't have time. Take out don't, put in could. 
could have time. I could have time. And then fill in for what? Because I don't have time. That blankets the entire 24 hours of your day. You don't even have one great hour of the day. And, and then so, and then that's stress inducing. And then your, your, your thing goes like, oh, so it's, it's this vicious spiral. You know, I, okay, I don't have time. Well, I'll just go with what you said. I don't have time. I'm too I, busy. I don't have time for what? Okay, I'll take out busy, put in productive. I'm too productive. <laughs> Jay cares too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm too productive. Take out two. I'm productive. Okay, great. I'm productive at that. Well, wow, that's interesting. Here's, here's an interesting point about that. I don't have time because many people would immediately want to translate that to I do have time. And the re- reality of that is that person doesn't believe that. They don't believe that they have time. They don't think they have time. They're not able to prioritize in that way. So when Mark, Mark said could, could, yeah, right, could. It's, it presents a possibility that they could buy into it and they could make the space. I like that because it's not just like I'm pretending. Right, like I'm yeah. now. I have to figure it out. Like well, I could, could put what does that look? What does that look like for me to? Could puts everything on. I could improve my, right, and, my diet. And how do I, I could, get? I have to could do this. Watch less Netflix. I have yeah. to get off social media. And if I did that stuff, then yeah, I'd be there. absolutely. And it, I mean, this is a great time to throw in a show detox. And before we go there, I just want to make the point of like, in many. I mean, scroll through Instagram for five minutes on motivational quotes and you'll mindset get, shit. You'll get a lot of really it's, good stuff if you just spend a lot of time scrolling through Instagram. Totally, yeah, right? It's, it's really good for <laughs> so, your mental health. But check out Best Hour of Their Day yeah. on Instagram. We <laughs> just follow one account, one account coaches, only. I'm just unfollow everybody else. Yeah, yeah no, but so the idea Because is, you could get a lot of information yeah, you don't if you follow Don't ever let someone tell you you can't do it. Huh? Right. Yeah. And and what what I see from a lot of mindset coaches who are, tr- they're well-intentioned and it's this, uh, I'm just going to beat the affirmations into me. And they're not believable. Yeah, I'm just going to change just it. Just in that sense, yep, just hustle harder. Or like, no pain, no gain. Supercharged and affirmation, like, that'd be better than a But I say detail. I am good looking first thing in the morning to myself. Is right. that good? Cool. Just breathe yeah. with and it. Then, and then say a breath afterwards. Yeah. So, so Still wouldn't be true, but you would feel better about it. <laughs> I am good looking. It'll yeah. be true to you. Yeah. There it is. That's, yeah. That right there. That right there is the missing link when it comes to Dude, affirmations. Here's, Talking let's yourself do it like this. Stuff. Let's do it like this. Okay. I am good looking. I am good looking. <laughs> Ladies, relax. I'm married, so I don't want you guys this, Try this podcast went in a different direction. I am tall. <laughs> There's a limit to what's acceptable, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's so the, the point is, is that so many people just try to immediately flip it, right? Immediately go from this like super bully in their head to like, I'm going to affirm the crap out of myself. I need to be super positive. Can I How just about, say right now, yeah. I feel better looking. Good. Just, do, do I look better looking when look, you're breathing yeah, better you and you're smiling better. more Kim. and the twinkles home in your eyes? Stop watching like, right now, Roz. Kim and I are <laughs> in Virginia what, Beach. What, what you're kind of referring to is that'd be, the, that'd be akin to saying if if you went from saying, well, I'm weak and you're just like, well, I'm strong. And it was like, right. well, I don't believe it. Probably not. I don't like, believe yeah, it. Yeah, nobody's going to actually make that shift But if you said that, took a deep breath before you're about to hit a lift. It's better so, than the alternative, I'm right? I'm stronger. There. I'm, I'm stronger than I was six months ago. I could be strong. I could yeah. be strong. I could be stronger. I, I want could, to I, get strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so like there's all the infinite combinations. It's the crafting. It's the crafting. You've got to start with something. Draft it, craft it, and then when you got it, you supercharge it. Rep a good sentence with a big full inhale and exhale. That's the supercharge? That's the supercharge. Draft it, craft it, supercharge. Draft it, craft it, supercharge it. And what that does, good. three, oh, this is gold this is three it's three ways of describing the same thing embodying the concept taking it to heart or socializing the idea and that also falls under the umbrella of slowing down the storytelling process 
okay? And paying attention to the mechanism of story because a large part of our story is sound and we're making that sound with breath. And a lot of people are making shitty sounds with shitty breath. No wonder. So better sounds, better breath. You're going to like it and so is everybody else around you that you want to like it. Well, it gives that you that sense. pause it, like yeah, we talked about earlier. Rhythm and timing and so you take a statement and because if, if you just, I'm strong, I'm strong, everything's working out, uh, I'm getting better, um, people like me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to make some sales. I'm smart I'm good. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Yeah. Gosh darn it. Stuart, <laughs> Stuart Smalley. <laughs> and my breath is trapped in my chest, it's just a head exercise. When you add in the breath, then you add in a quite literally a mystical, magical aspect of yourself. Many spiritual and religious traditions have referred to uh, breath as spirit. And so you're, you're magnetizing, you're, 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 you're adding real magic to your words when you breathe better. Can I say something that'll get us canceled real quick? Yeah, why not? Let's shoot, shoot your shot. A lot of people, because you just made me think of this, a lot of people listening, like you said earlier, say this is like, what you call it, juju? Hocus pocus. Hocus, Hocus pocus. Words. But like religion, we're like, yeah. So, right? I, but it's you, like, but I can't believe by being a little more positive, this can actually work. But it's like, yeah, I believe in this other stuff, right? Religion. Yeah. yeah. But, but this stuff is, this is crazy. What about so. abracadabra? Yeah. Oh, that was in your TED talk. Yeah. You talked about that. You heard of that? Yeah. I'll put the AK-47 away. <laughs> but I just think, I, when, when you mentioned, you mentioned like, I forget if you just yeah, said religion. I'm like, oh yeah, people will believe stories. Because it's ingrained in them from day one, yeah. right? Like your parents tell you, hey, this is part of life and religion. But the fact that we can change our mindset and, and make these things happen, that's nuts. If you want to check out a really cool book on this, is what I'm reading right now. It's called Real Magic. And it, the open of it talks about how magic has been ingrained in every society and every religion, every culture from the beginning of time. And that ultimately we have conditioned ourselves out of it in a very recent way of like favoring science. When in reality, there is a scientific component to magic. And it's, I'm reading it now and I'm loving Real it. I'm magic. like, wow. It's Real magic. And guess yeah. what? You change some words and breathe a little better, you're going to feel it. And when someone feels something, now they know it. So magic, abracadabra. When I say, when I say abracadabra, what do you all immediately think of? Magic, right? Somebody out there went Steve Miller band. Somebody always does. That's fine. That's ab is that abracadabra? Abracadabra. So I'm living in Ecuador. I'm out to lunch with friends. A buddy of mine goes, Hey bro, I know you're uh, in the language and stuff. You know what abracadabra means? I'm like, Yeah, 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 magic. And he goes, No, no. Uh, abracadabra, look this up. Abracadabra is Aramaic which is an old language. It's still spoken in some parts of the Middle East. It's the language the original Old Testament was written in. And they would triangulate abracadabra and wear it around their neck to remind them of the power and the mechanism of the spoken word. Because they knew that if they got their language working against them, whatever they wanted to do in their life was going to be way harder than it needed to be. And conversely, get your language working for you and unlock your breath and stay focused on what's important and keep the drama low and extricate yourself out of those oh-so-juicy gossip circles, your life improves. Newsflash. And it's alive and well. I think it's the, 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 the most well-recognized word on the planet. You can go anywhere. I, try, I, I blew up my passport for several years traveling around, giving workshops and presentations. I could go anywhere. Any, any whatever speaking country, and you say abracadabra, they go to magic just like that. I feel like one of the, the more difficult 
parts about this would be simply the awareness. So obviously if somebody's watching this, that's all they're thinking about, but are there drills? Are there tools? That soft talk you- challenge. Okay. Dude, Can you I, explain that? thousand percent. So soft talk, this is the third pillar. It's the gateway <laughs> drug okay, to the rest of your language. Catch back up. Yeah, you were, yeah. Uh, it's the gateway drug to the rest of your language because it's super easy to understand. There's something funny about it. You know, I, I think I'm drinking uh, uh, too much orange juice. Take out the thing. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. It gets deep, too, if you keep practicing. Well, this and, was the example of uh, I'm thinking about coming to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, that, that soft, soft talk. I think um, I, think I might want to come do a class. I eat a, a little too much junk food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I- exactly. And what we do is we just let ourselves off, off the hook about all kinds of shit. You know, maybe I need to spend more time with my wife, okay? And so soft talk challenge. We've been running this for years. People love it. This is where we can plug uh, our Instagram account. Because if you do this, tag us, and we'll love you even more. So I'm going to rattle off the handful of soft talk keywords. What you want to do is take a clean sheet of paper and write them out five times larger than you normally write. That's going to activate your reticular activating system. It's going to go, hey, why am I writing these words out five times? Don't worry about it, bro. Just pay attention to them. So everything starts with awareness. And what is going to happen is you're going to see these words in your texts. You're going to hear them in people's conversation. Eventually, you're going to, see, hear, them, you're going to see them and, and hear them and feel them in your words. And then you just take them out. It's the easiest thing to practice. And then you're going to have a couple of, you'll feel different. You'll go, wait a minute. Those people were serious. Yeah, we're serious and we're sincere. So get a pen. Get a, pe- a piece of paper five times larger than you normally write. And then you take that piece of paper and put it up somewhere you're going to see it for seven days. That's the soft talk challenge. Think. Might. Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Almost like. Kind of. Sort of. Hopefully. One day, and try. Wait, there's a le- you said five, not eleven. Did, I, did you say five, Kim? There, I don't remember him saying five. Yeah, so I'm going to rattle off the handful of soft talk keywords. What you want to do is take a clean sheet of paper and write them out five times larger than you normally write. Yeah, I don't remember him saying five. Uh, did I make that up? Particular I see fives everywhere. Yeah, those are the those are the the heavy hitters. Okay. Oh, five uh, times more I likely. Would, I would say that. No, yeah, five, 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 times, five, five times larger, larger than you normally write. Larger. You did, in fact, hear five, just but you five. just weren't paying Our attention. Our particular like activating system. Yeah, <laughs> five it's times five. larger. Yeah, yeah. You, okay. You'll you will see them there. It's uh, uh, so it's everywhere. Soft talk, binary binary knowledge. People are using soft talk, and it's causing a lot of problems, a lot of indecision. If people continue to use soft talk, they and and keep. Um, creating indecision, they will eventually identify themselves as an indecisive person. And then that thing takes on a whole new level of monster. My favorite quote about indecision is from Mal Modius. I prefer the fear of making the wrong decision to the terror of indecision. Mm. Yeah, I've heard there's a ton of great quotes. So that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it, one another one? Yes. Uh, talking about religion? Uh, I, lo- I, I, I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he was talking to the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan, and the RZA quoted the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, which yeah. is the Hindu Bible. Yep. And, uh, uh, and I, I believe this is true. 
Self-reflection will take man, will take woman. Self-reflection will take man further than prayer. Well, you just got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Let me write down these thoughts that are bothering me and start taking out the he's and the eyes, and then looking at that story and externalizing that story. Because guess what? A lot of the stuff that people are hoping and praying and uh, wishing that would change for them, you can get underneath that with a pen and a piece of paper. Okay, a lot of the a lot of the problems that we we create for ourselves are rooted in squiggles and sounds. That's actually the, one of the crazier parts about about the exercise was just the it's unbelievable the, the physical action of writing, it. like Until really you feel it. Really, the things really, of journaling, right? You can journal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, was just telling, I was just telling somebody. It's part of today, but like affiliate university. I, well, I was just telling somebody the other day, just like oh, I was telling you the other day about uh, Marcus about uh, I really struggle to do anything creative on a computer. Like I have to write mm-hmm. things mm. down, and then I'm like, oh, that I can wrap my brain around this, or like finish that thought, or bring that full circle so, on whatever it might be. I think I don't, I don't know if this is something you're going to cover, but a lot of this also has to do with this day and age. It's like you're just constantly getting bombarded with information. People don't take a moment of quietness to think like, if you just think like this and then the next thing you're getting a podcast, a song, uh, you you know, people have this, the hustle mentality of like, I need to be always be doing. Mm-hmm. So like for me, for example, on, on the days it works out, I wake up and assuming the baby's fine, take one of my dogs for just a walk, no headphones, nothing there. Mm-hmm. And it's super peaceful. And the first time I did it, I was like, what am I, 12 minutes of not being productive? This is crazy. Like, I need to be doing something. But that's time where you can do these things. You can reframe your thinking. You can, you can just think about, think your, about thinking. your thinking. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, we think give, about your thinking. We give, we give that homework <laughs> on our certifications. One 45-minute solo walk, no devices per week, and come back in and write for 15 minutes. What you so were, one hour a week you need to, is yeah, a good yeah, place to start. It, it's a phenomenal place to start, and it will be awkward at first because, yes, we – the use of language so the volume of language has gone up okay and the um the the usage of extraordinary words has gone up here's two examples so my dad said uh, up until the 70s he would hear the word incredible used once or twice a year mm. and when huh. w- right and when they did um, it was they, actually their incredible. Their ears would perk up, like, "Oh my gosh, we got to pay attention to this." Now people talk about mind-blowing blueberry muffins, all that, like on like they, every, they were good muffins. Like, <laughs> 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 like, and so we've we've lost an ability to. Uh, we have become very unjudicious with our language. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I think it's just because we there's so many more words. Like we have there's so to many more level words. up, level up, level up. Y'all ever heard of the Donner Party? Yeah, they ate each other? Yeah, they ate each other, okay? <laughs> that kind of sucked. The, a woman who survived kind of? that... Yeah, I know. I feel like... It wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I use soft talk everybody. comically yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, when I, I want I don't to. feel like that would kind of suck yeah. at all. It was a total disaster. We actually, we shot a, our, um, our third online course, and we do that translation. They're like, uh, uh, your dinner party wasn't a complete disaster, the Donner Party, on the other hand, that was a complete disaster <laughs> when we're talking about it. So a woman who survived that wrote her sister who lived in Virginia Beach back, back in the day, uh, and the letter contained four sentences. It says, and think about, I mean, after surviving that, you, have, you write a letter with four sentences about it. Stay home, don't travel, you have a good life, you don't know what trouble is. 
spooky as fuck. And that's an example of people just using less words. Less words equals more mental real estate. Does she send a letter to you? Because you like to stay home, not travel. Yeah, you got. You don't know what trouble yeah, is. You don't know what trouble Nothing, is. There's no trouble in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, just in general, though, right? It's just like there's so much coming out, and it's I think machine yeah. gun mouth. We've got we've got and a then, condition called machine gun mouth. Yeah. People are afraid. How, how old are you? Forty six. So I'm 44. He's in his early 40s. Like, I will ask I'm, him. I'm 32. 32. <laughs> so she's she's even too young. But it's like you used to leave your house, hop in your car, no phone. Maybe, you know, a cassette tape yeah. and, you know, and, and either think or, you know, your friends are in the car and talk. Yeah. Like, people don't have to do, like, there's literally constant there's stream no of information. Left. There's no space left and we're participating. And guess what? Little this bit This podcast of- is part of the problem. Part of this. We need to stop. Part of the so we need to stop the well, podcast. Well, you just brought that up. So, like one of, one of the things, like as a kid, we used to ride our bikes everywhere, and yeah. there, you didn't have cassettes or headsets, <laughs> any. But like you would go on these hour long. I mean, we would bike just our, go play for the day. But I tell you what, I have been doing lately is I, I'll do. I try to do it at least once a day, but I'll I'll just go for a walk. Were you here for the last ten minutes? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but that's what I'm saying. I was doing. <laughs> I just started navigating into that absent of them bringing it up because I was like, I just need to go. Out yeah. of the yeah. building, clear and your get, head. yeah, like and just it's go like, talk to myself. It's like taking a rest day from the gym for your brain. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. you need it more often because you go to the gym for an hour, but your brain's on for twenty-four hours a day. Even when you're sleeping, right? Yeah. Stuff is going on. Hey, let's take a like a, a chill. On that note, what do you think about like meditation practice for that? Love part? it. I used to teach meditation. Huh. Um, Glad I asked. Walking. That's um, walking meditation. Walking. Yeah. Uh, Jujitsu is the best meditation. I Dude, was going to say you I, can I, make movement. A meditation. Exactly. Yeah. Sparring. I go in there, and, and a little bit goes a long way, folks. Okay, so you can still get into that. David Goggins stretches at night. Okay, for so two you, hours. For two hours. Yeah. So you need this up and down if you want to go further. Right. Up. Anybody thinks that uh, stretching is you know you Talk have to, to be David a baby? Goggins. Hey, yeah. I'll <laughs> go in and stupid David Goggins. He said he had a lump on his head and he stretched and it went away. So, but but you're right. Like it doesn't. People think meditation have to be sitting still. It has to be something where you can't let your brain think about other things. Right. I go in and spar once a month. And nothing else exists in the universe except for this person well, trying to punch me in the face. Because if it does, you're getting punched in the face. Exactly. It demands that of me. And then I walk out of there, and it's like somebody wiped the slate clean. That's so, what I like about CrossFit. Pardon me for well, interrupting. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, this is the context. We, we talk about this a handful of different ways uh, with coaches on our podcast and all the time. The gym's my therapy. Well, the thing is, is the gym really isn't a therapeutic setting by Same. any context. And could be quite the opposite if you don't have control over the dialogue in your head. Well, a lot of people use fitness as... An escape. Uh, yeah. But there's, it's, it's the punishment. escape. It's not the fitness, right? They're just escaping from right. life because that's the one time a day they're not thinking about exactly. something. And so what if we could create an environment in the gym for people to have the space to think for themselves or have those thoughts, right? Because we are... Uh, this is one of my favorite things about my job at Row House. I teach a restore style class, which is... That's I've, the rowing yeah, gym? Yeah. Oh, it's the best. And I, I'm, we're all being programmed all the time with everything we consume, whether it's Instagram podcasts, uh, what we're hearing on the news, what we're hearing from our family, we're constantly taking information in. So one of my favorite things to do as a coach is to create space where the information that's going in is permission 
to hear your own thoughts, permission to breathe well, cueing them to breathe well while they're on the rower. It's a freaking, it's, it's, you're all in swing and you're having this experience where I'm telling you when to inhale and exhale and you're working hard and the barriers are coming down. And now as a coach, right, because we can bring this back into the realm in which we all work is I can create that space for you to have that moment, even though, right, ideally you can do it by yourself, but I can help you get there too. Because like, I mean, think about people who are really into yoga or do things that are more breathing and meditation oriented and and personal development realm. CrossFit can be that, right? You can have people come in and do that. And when you're being spoken to an affirmation and you're being built up and you're being able to have the space to have whatever reaction you're going to have, it can be really a good thing. So that could be step one is meet them where they already are. Find them in a space where you can create an environment for them to have that moment of reflection, have that moment of getting into their own dialogue and then also be able to say, hey, if you're getting something from that, what if you try out while you're on your walk? Or what if you try when you're driving in the car, you have no music on? And one of the best things that I've gotten back from feedback from some of my clients is like, hey, you know, like, I was out doing this really hard thing the other day and I just like heard you in my head telling me to breathe. And now it's actionable in life outside the gym. And now they have something or it's like, you know, you tell me all the time, you're strong, you're powerful. And I hear you in my head and now it's my own voice telling me the same thing. And so you can provide that experience in a coaching environment, right? Like we're here to get better at something. And fitness is a phenomenal gateway to personal development. Fitness is a phenomenal place to start developing this inner dialogue because it's already built into your routine. And so if you have the skill set as a coach to create that space and to provide that environment, your your members are going to like you a lot more. Your members are going to stick around a lot more. People are going to be wondering what's this guy down the street doing. They're going to want to coach for you. Yeah. What does that look like? Because I I mean, we're really far into this podcast was, we, we went into a rabbit hole this is you know it's a vortex do. but so uh, the olympic coach specifically so somebody's they've stuck around for the whole hour and 43 minutes of this what does that look like what does that entail how can they kind of start to you know you know stalk you a little bit and figure out what's going on there so the best place to start is going to be the online course we're releasing later this year because that gives you a comprehensive overview of what our method includes and how you can combine everything we talked about today which is the words the story and the breath and each one of those foundational pieces is completely neutral of the fitness industry it's the mechanics of the mind it's the mechanics of storytelling it's the mechanics of the victim mentality you as a coach, right, we work with coaches outside of the fitness industry we work with a lot of coaches in the fitness industry can start to match those language patterns and breathing patterns into your reality, your life, right? So, and like I said, first thing, work on your own stories, work through that process for yourself, which is what that course is designed to take you through. And then if you're ready to say, hey, I want to integrate this into my coaching, which you can only teach what you have gone through for yourself. Like if you don't regularly take CrossFit classes, I don't think you should be teaching one, right? We agree. (laughs) How'd you know? How'd you know, right? So the idea is, is that Put yourself through first, learn the process, learn the system. And then if you say, hey, I can see where this is going to integrate into my coaching, get go through the certification, which, surprise, surprise, is actually just a more sneak attack way of getting through your own stories and learning that process for yourself. And then once you really get the system, you can customize to the modality that you teach. And you'll learn how to impl- include this system. I and mean, we have people that work 
CrossFit, we have group fitness, we have nutrition coaching, we have holistic lifestyle coaching, we work with a lot of Czech practitioners, we've got people in the sales industry, we've got singing teachers. Yeah, we've got, yeah, singing teachers, we've got um, parents, we've got people across any sort of realm, right? And the content is the same. The delivery is totally different. Mm -hmm. And so this is a mode of learning the words, the story, and the breathing, and then say, how does this fit into my coaching? I can tell you from firsthand experience and hundreds of other coaches that we've worked with, it works incredibly well in the fitness industry for coaches and especially for box owners, people who are in a leadership position, you watch what happens and how much different your, you want to you be a good leader, improve your breathing. Cool. Yeah. Well, wait, 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 actually <laughs> I've got a surprise for Mark. Okay. Before we go. So Mark, you said earlier, it was your introduction oh, buddy. Yeah. to Barbell Shrugged that got you here mm -hmm. and involved. Well, this is your life, Mark England. This is your life. And I've got Marcus Gersey here. He's going to come out here, and he's gonna, you guys are going to say something emotional to each other. Come on out, Marcus Gersey. This is your life, Mark England. <laughs> Can we start the podcast now? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> this is take. This is back in the day. I know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember when the first time I heard that was, but it was. I remember listening to it. But yeah, I don't. I don't know really what the point of that was. I'm not sure either. Yeah. But I was going to take this while you're in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You got back yeah. too quick. You pee fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marcus, thank you for supporting us so much over the years, man. It's like well, you guys it's are been doing important You've been work. relentless in your support. Well, it's. Um, I experienced it firsthand. Thanks for getting me emotional. <laughs> yeah. You, what you guys do legitimately changes people's lives, and we're in the industry of changing people's lives. And I am adamant about supporting you guys because this is a tool, a set of tools, that I, I truly believe is essential to becoming a great coach, a great business owner, and frankly, just a better human being. And I experienced it firsthand for myself. It has unlocked so much for me and my experience, personally, professionally, and everything in between. And I've watched it do the same thing for every other person. So therefore, I'm going to push it on everybody aggressively because I, I truly believe in it. And you guys are doing important work. And I don't, and although there may be other people trying to do what you guys do, nobody does it like you guys do it. You guys are the best in the world at what you do. So happy to support. Thank you. Yeah, brother. Marcus and I were in our level one certification together. That's right. <laughs> oh, you're OG too. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. there's no better way to end it than right there, folks. If you guys have questions, you can find the Lifted Coach. We're going to run a killer workshop tomorrow. We'll be sending out their information. Find them on IG. I'm pretty sure you probably have a website. You probably figured that out. Yeah, you did it. Nice job. Um, so, but listen, this has been super fun. Thank you guys for coming. I'm stoked Pleasure. about tomorrow. Um, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time.